1998, I founded the Kalamazoo Poetry Slam. I did it because I had a few talented friends who needed a place to take their art to the next level. And because I knew there had to be more voices out there waiting to be heard. And because I wanted to go to an open mic where at least two out of three poems didn't suck. My name is Tracy Smith, and this is the KZU Slamcast. This is Slam Later, like, the poems are like, you dirty fucking whore. But this is one of the good ones from the beginning. My ears reach the suburban noise of night. There's a question asked in one limited moment that never crossed into the I am the Smith. I am the poet. I am the Industrial Revolution. No longer bright as fireflies. This week's episode is round three of our 2000 Slam Tournament. We didn't have a feature poet for this show, so you're getting uh, the open mic and the slam uh, all in one episode. So there won't be a part two. This show has a guest host. His name is Jeff... Fuck, I can't remember his last name. I thought if I said his first name out loud, his last name would just pop into my head. After 25 years, I don't remember it. I am piss poor with names of the people I met last week, let alone a quarter of a century ago. But anyway, this is his first time being an MC at anything, as far as I know, and he did a pretty good job. It runs a little bit longer than most of our episodes at around an hour and eight or ten minutes. And you're going to notice some quick and choppy cuts during the open mic portion, uh, specifically. Uh, And after almost a quarter of a fucking century, uh, I don't know why that is. All I can do is guess that I was probably broke at the time and running out of blank CDs. But we did manage to record a lot of really great performances in this show. I was going to say that. This is a poem about my mother-in-law, whom I love. It's called Our Lady of Low Expectations. Our towels say Tim and Epcot Center. We don't know him. We've never been there. My mother-in-law is always finding towels at the ovals in Muskegon, popular tourist spot where she takes her daily constitutional. She denies her eyes are bad, but she can't see the bobbing heads out by the sandbar who watch the old woman steal their towels. (laughs) Her hearing aids turned off against the whining of the wind from the big lake. These bright colors she stumbles across seem like a simple miracle, the only kind she feels qualified to pray for, blessed as she kneels in the sunlight, filling her arms with terry cloth and sand. Come on, Charlie, you're up. <clears throat> Get down, way down, down to the bottom of the ground where the wor- where the world is no longer round. It's just a point. Then rise, grow, spherically, like a balloon, like a baboon, a baboon shopping for clothes. 
like clouds crossing the sky. This one's called Tangled. I wanted nothing but to run in the garden after a rain, to feel the brown mud between my toes, to feel the cool air sprinkles that fell after the last raindrops of the storm. I wanted nothing but to be in the argument of adults, to speak with my little voice, to shut out the words which cracked against the walls that lingered with sin. I wanted to come home at my own set time, to have the freedom of the night, spend hours holding a stranger. I wanted to be tangled at that time, in the night, with the adult stranger who spoke words of sin that fell with a storm of cool rain. Was that your first time up here? I don't recall seeing you. Have you been up here before? Give her a big hand. Next on the list, we have Brooke Danger Pridmere. Pridmore? Pridmore? Bill, Melanie, and Rose. Guys got that order? So as one person goes down, the next person goes up. Bill, you're up. Bill Pridemore. Never mind. Brooke Pridemore. I'll just be Edward James Olmos. I'm going to do, I guess, like two songs on my guitar if I can find my goddamn pick. Oh, there we go. Unprepared Edward James Olmos. When I tell you that I love you, don't test my love. Accept my love, don't test my love Cause maybe I don't love you all that much Don't ask what kind of music I'm gonna play tonight Just stay a while, here for yourself a while And if you must put me in a box, make sure it's a big box With lots of windows and a door to walk through and a nice high chimney So we can burn, burn, burn All the things that we don't like And watch the ashes Fly up to heaven Or maybe all the way to India I'd like that And all the ancient kings came to my door They said, you want to be an ancient king too? I said, oh yes, very much But I think my timing's wrong They said time is relative or did you misread Einstein? I said, do you really mean that? They said, what do you think we come here for? Our goddamn health or something. Everybody's waiting for the Messiah. The Jews are waiting. The Christians are waiting. Also the Muslims. They've been waiting a long time. I know how I hate to wait. Like even for a bus or something, an important phone call. So I can just imagine how darn impatient everybody must be getting. So I think it's time now, time to reveal myself. I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. 
Jesus, I think you heard me right. I am the Messiah. I was going to wait till next year and build up the suspense a little bit and make it a really big surprise. But now that I told you, I feel this great weight lifted. Dr. Nussbaum was right. He's my therapist. He said, get it out of the open. I spent 10 whole days in Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, sweet Jerusalem. And all I ate was olives, nothing but olives, mountains of olives. It was a good 10 days. I like olives. I like you too. So when I tell you that I love you, don't test my love. Accept my love. Don't test my love. Cause maybe I don't love you all that much. Looks to make you smile. Who's got moose to drive you wild? I don't got none of that stuff, but I can make you stop and talk a while. He's in love with you. You think you're in love with me? Well, I'm not in love, but I'll pretend because I got nowhere else to be. And that's me. I'm not in love, but I'll pretend. Yes, it's evidence as hell. I guess I'll save the end. God looks like I got the brains and now it's stuck out in the rain. Looks brazen when the thing when common sense goes down the drain. He's in love with you. You think you're in love with me. Well, I'm not in love with anything unless you count the LBC. That's me. I'm not in love, but I'll pretend. Oops, I messed up the words. Seven days as hell, I guess I'll say I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Honestly, in all the confusion, I couldn't tell you myself. Kind of lost count. Now you gotta ask yourself one question Do I feel lucky? Well, do you? Punk? Now maybe you'll be driving around tomorrow and you'll be like going to get some groceries or some hummus or whatever you're into. I don't know. And. You'd be just going along and you start thinking about the words I've been singing this song. You'd be thinking about the words in the first verse, maybe. Maybe you forgot the words and all you can remember is I can't even remember how to do it. And you'd be going, what is he singing about? And you go, oh, wait a minute. I know what he's singing about. I know exactly what that kid's singing about. For anybody who can figure it out, I'm gonna stop playing my guitar in a second, and I want everybody to clap along like, like this. Just like that. Okay, you ready? You got looks and I got the brains, and now it's stuck out in the rain. Looks abrasive me mean a thing when common sense goes down the drain. He's in love with you. You think you're in love with me. Well, I'm not in love with anything unless you count TMBG. That's me, I'm not in love, but I'll pretend. Me, I'm not loving, I'll pretend. 
Looks and I got the brains and now it's stuck out in the rain. Looks brains on me to think when common sense goes down the drain. He's in love with you. You think you're in love with me. Well, I'm not in love, so get it straight and stay the hell away from me. Thank you very much. And you're still dancing on my bedroom floor One more time I did not get to say goodbye I'll be on the other side But if you're going to the other side Can you take me with you? Cause I said I don't want to live I don't want to live in this world I don't want to live in this world Sing out a key. If this is the end of you, it might just be the end of me. Hey, I can take the pills away, and you can have life. Took the day away and I cannot stand the night But if you're going to the other side Can you take me with you cause I don't want left I don't want to live in this world
Too serious. But if you're going to the other side, will you take me with you? Cause I said I don't want to live. I don't want to live in this world 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 Say goodbye. Thanks. Need a little traveler music there. Can I wait for the train or not? First one here is uh, God, I hate following somebody that good. First one here is Lost Love. It's a haiku. She left me and broke my heart, so I kicked her in the balls really hard. The difference between a man's job and his wife, after 10 years, the job still sucks. Okay, on a more serious note, this is entitled... Uh, this is the title words. One way or another, we're all slaves to them. Doesn't matter what the language is, English, Japanese, Spanish, it's all the same. It's always been that way, the word, the thing, the feelings its awareness brings, suspended in harmony like sunlight, sunlight playing on butterfly wings, dancing to the rhythm and the sound of things held close to the mind's eye. They're intertwined, pivot on each other. Soon as we open our mouth, it begins. The hinge swings open. Revealing the words meaning and sound, the thing and its reflection, the word, come together like pages in a book, closing in darkness till they become one on the tongue, each vowel echoing its round sigh. Words are oars pulled by slaves on a galley ship, the word groaning, forced against to pivot against the iron brackets of the ship, and the heaving of slaves pulling hard against a stubborn and curious sea. When order to row faster, they try. Sometimes forgetting that words like oars need a moment to part the seas, wet rushes of meeting and foam, to mouth their words, to set the tone, to, be, to meet the pace of the beatman's drums, while the oars sing and dance along shiny white caps, till the oarsman's words are finally heard, all the while trying to catch up with the beat, to find the meaning now lost in the splash of groaning timber wielded by slaves. Words are pebbles rubbed together in our hands like a new word forced into its meaning. The friction of the stone, strangely sensual to the touch of the mind and to the ear, now softened like dough, made pliable by its habit of listening to everything, of mapping the sounds of the earth, locked in these little stones, 
They are tiny links, communicators of the elements we all share, are made of skin against skin, agate against agate. The small grating sounds they make are like fleeting thunder of clouds touching emotion, storming across this tiny universe of understanding, evaporating as soon as they are formed from the nothingness of time. Thank you. a fine black man with thick nappy hair and a smile on his face like he ain't got a care he'll speak jive and be sexy and funny and he won't worry about little things like money he'll read stokely carmichael and etheridge knight and he'll know just how to love me right he'll wink and he'll nod and he'll make all the girls smooth he'll pop his fingers lightly while playing a tune he'll say yes ma'am and no ma'am to impress my mother and everyone will wish that they too had this fine sexy brother my sexy man will be tan brown purple black my sexy black man will be all good like that he'll listen to otis sly stone james brown and marvin gay and when we'll and he'll stop and listen to all i have to say he'll wear fly threads and fine clothes too and he'll be funky from his fro to the bottom of his shoe he'll have shiny brown eyes and full thick lips and he'll use both hands when he grabs at these hips he'll be silent loud strong cool like a brother should and he'll lick those lips and tell me it's all good he'll stand next to me with an iron man stance and i'll let all the girls know that they don't stand a chance i want a fine black man with thick nappy hair and a smile on his face like he don't even care Buying coffee with my mother. Downtown Water Street, today's exception of beautiful boy, bald, blonde head, nearly shaven, black shirt, black boots, sitting, thinking, smoking, Italian soda sipping. I walk by, my best nonchalant, staring at the same street, the same sun, same tracks, and I inhale a deep breath, the smoke from his lips, hardly a transfer of thought, yet sacred unified poison, an afternoon daydream as I retreat, back to the minivan, back to 15, my mother's coffee in hand. Big hand for Rose there. Okay, we've got four more people on the list, then we're gonna start over again because we've got a little time. Uh, I'm gonna call this quits at 8.55 and give a five minutes break to go smoke, get a beer, eat, whatever, relax, get in the mood. Um, build attention for the poets. Just uh, uh, <laughs> As if it's not big enough. Just a reminder, tip your bartender, Melissa. She needs it. She's doing a good job back there. There's food over there. Bar there, out beer there. What else do you need? And smoking outside. So, Josh, come on up. Come on down. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. 
This is called <laughs> Taking It All Apart When I Should Have Left It Alone in the First Place. Ripe orange melon heads nod like bulbs. The rubber skins unfolded, revealing swollen gold. I rub my slimy belly against a branch of silver bed. And wrap my legs around your dragon-scalded head. You whisper cool in green-red stalks that lay as home-blown wind that talks through Pictionary skies that pumps my thighs and blows my mind. A hint of Irish soap chokes palins down and rids the ground of necessary things. I think I'll stay here for a while. People gotta hand it to you. The crocodiles, the crocodiles that feed off every word and never stop to think that I'm absurd. My mind suggests that we should get undressed and run around like hand-me-downs. A sliver pulses in your mind and changes our designs. I couldn't ask for freedom when my world is a memory. Preserved like summer jam kryptonite, now I might be free. Serious of one thing that I'll never be serious. Always calling out the crown of my dreams as it had laid behind before. You can't ignore the world that we have falsely fashioned as if I cared about these things. Well, sometimes I do, and that's why I sing. But simple minds approach my walls and find their catching frames. There's nothing I can put the blame on. Blame myself, you say. Will the symbols say to turn things round the other way? The book in flames, mispronounced, you say, by so many eras of denial, quoth the child, why, why do we need an area to express our love, moaning victim-like in order to encompass just that narrowing angle? So I mangled all control, and now what have we got? I sure don't know. Nothing in the first place, nothing in between, nothing in the mirror, nothing on TV, nothing swarms my vision, nothing calls me at night. I got nothing on my mind, and nothing's all that's right. Does it scare you? The size of the tear, the gap in the air. Is that why we all try to fill those holes up with nothing? I don't know. I don't know. No, no, nothing. Okay, this is called Sandpaper. In the chilled blue November morning, I crave steamed coffee and his golden air. It puts me under. In the glare of the sun, his guitar and I wish to trade places. Maybe if I came in a black oblong case, callous fingers would take me places. For a split pea second, he'd hold me. Static reality blares across the twilight-colored room. Crisp autumn air laughs through my window. I stare at a silver-sliced moon. His scent lingers, a cinnamon fire on my breath. My starved heart growls. I'm part sh German shepherd. Mama, I'll hunt him down and rip his head off in the night. No, no. That boy's heart is Antarctica, frost-filled with a pinch of sunlight. So she wraps me up neatly, sends me off to Tahiti. An old wise man signs happily the Federal Express and strums for me.
Hugh's notes lying flat, back above blanket, above ground, and below the belt of the hunter. Before I knew Billy or Dolphy or Davis, I knew blues, dusky as the 12 a.m. sky I used to lie under, knew how to play fast eighth notes in the key of G on a used sax. I even tried to improvise, change my world from a 16th to a whole rest by hiding under pulsars or quasars or black holes rest. Before I could sing strange fruit or lover man, I could fall into a whole E and lose myself among the trembling alto or baritone. I can even taste the reed of tenor on my lips long after you were gone. Before I knew blues, I knew the blues. Beats of bones breaking, bottles clinking, fingers snapping, eyes blacking around me, black fingers moving up and down the neck, playing our indigo, arpeggio, crescendo in the key of me, rest, rest. Give a big hand. Welcome back. <laughs> Judges, what'd you think? Hold them high. Okay, scores we have A. Hold them high still, please. Hold them high, hold them high. There's one over there, we're missing over there. Seven. 8.7. 8.2, 9.3, and a 9.5. What was the time on that? One minute and 12 seconds? For a grand total of 26.2. Give her a big hand. Next contestant. Mr. Bliss, Greg Bliss, give him a big hand, folks. Welcome to my dark soul. Empty, is it not? <laughs> but it is. Welcome to my brooding subreality. Are you afraid? Yes, but you are. And this is my hand reaching out from my dark soul to your dying mind, like the hand of Jim Morrison breaking you on to the other side, the underside of the world belly where we all hang like encrusted barnacles gripping the petrified exoskeleton of our dark, dank souls. Frightened are you? <laughs> yes, but you are. Welcome to the lost souls, bricked up in forgotten catacombs, dripping with nitrate, echoing with the death gas boil of lonely souls calling out to one another in monotonous tomes of mutual damnation. Welcome to my loneliness! Are you repulsed? <laughs> yes, but you must. Welcome to my frightening gothness. Goth, 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 goth. And this is Satan welcoming my dark soul, promising to aid me in mastering the darkness and mastering my emptiness and dominating my mind to your mind and your mind to my mind, our minds melding in eternal desperation, at last supplanting the pyrite hope of a peace that passes all understanding. Lonely, isn't it? Ah, but we are legion. <laughs> Join us if you dare. 
And this is God, peeling the skin off your smiley face denial, corporate creative death syndrome myth machine, condemning you to a happy loneliness, devoid of sorrow, devoid of positional truth, devoid of a compassion that acknowledges we are forever and inexorably lost slash forgotten. And this is God eating your dreams. And this is God eating your childhood. And this is God licking your soul and swallowing it whole. And this is God sucking your future because it is tasty and juicy at the back of his nitrate dripping throat. This is my father asking me to commit an unpardonable sin the day after I got back from seventh grade basketball camp. Damn him! Ah, but that is no longer myself lying on the ground in a crumpled heap. And I am now fatherless and free of all hypocrisy. Gaunt am I not? My metabolism has consumed all that is alive. Ah, but you will not regret the swallowing contentment of spitting out your dreams like bitter sweets, filling your throat with the welcoming nectar of here and now. Darkness flowing like honey into your hollow waiting souls. Oh, but you will have a fever for the flavor. You will crunch a bunch of munch. You won't be able to eat just one. And you will find that darkness and your soul are two great tastes that go great together. And you will love the empty wrapper solitude that is your dark, dank soul. I'm not frightening anyone, am I? Oh, but only myself. Greg Bliss. What's that called, Greg? What's that called? What's that called? Dark Soul. Okay. Judges, what'd you think? We have a 9.5, a 9.9, a 9.3, a 9.9, and a 10. Time is two minutes, 55 seconds. Scores again, please. Scores again, please. We got a 9.9, a 9.5, a 9.3, a 9.9, and a 10. For a grand score of 29.3. Next contestant, Carrie Warla. Knock him dead, baby. The man of my life makes me feel like fish. Oh, don't get me wrong, not the scaly, ocean-dwelling, all-you-can-eat-on-Friday kind. I'm talking the musician fish. And not the P.H. fish, mind you, with a 20-something mock hippie following and a Ben and Jerry's flavor named after them. No, I feel like the towering little-known Scotsman whose photo graces my fridge, his tired arm draped on my shoulder and me only up to his armpit, all glassy, idle-struck eyes and foolish, slobbering smile at finally getting to meet my own personal legend, the poet who works words like silver 
linking them together in perfect shining chains that dangle and flash in the dark as his music wraps itself around me and I sit aching and wishing I smoked and could write like that. <laughs> but this flawless gift that makes me wonder if he didn't pen a contract with old Scratch. Hey buddy, wanna buy poetic perfection? I'm running a special today, just one Highland soul. Is hardly where I draw my comparison. You see, for all his syllabic grace, Fish cannot write a love song. He laments that sorry lack on every last CD, how he never did, still hasn't, is forever trying. And it would appear that despite fantastic raw materials, I can no longer build love poems. Maybe I used up my quote years ago, or maybe that idealistic spark flickered itself out, or maybe I am just plain terrified of the permanence of ink. Because so far, this man in my life only makes guest appearances in my poems. Just a line or two here or there, enough to catch a quick glimpse of him as I go bounding off in any other direction but in. Which is strange, because he's the one with whom I pen whole pages of my life. We move seamlessly around the morning together, weaving close couplets through the kitchen. We carve quatrains on the summer sky through the contented sides of birch trees or under the dual gaze of a pregnant moon and her ripply sister reaching for the shore. We speak in haiku, no explanations needed, finished sentences. We dance iambic patterns through the night, all misty wings and earth-deep ancient gods. And I begin to understand the claws that must lurk in mite-sized letters in the depths of the deed to my favorite Scotsman's soul to read something like one exception to perfection, no capturing of love allowed. Because when I hold up this happiness to a bright window or a spotlight to get a closer look, it shimmers in quicksilvers away, like a mirage that you can only snag out of the corner of one heavy-lidded eye. And I'm left standing there, heart full but hands empty, just fishing for the words. Come on, come on. That was worth more than that. Judges, what'd you think? We have an 8.0, yeah, an 8.5, what's up with that? A 9.5, a 9.4, and a 9.7. Get a man, Charlie. For a 27.4. Come on, give your hand. Next contestant. Dan Stevens. <clears throat> when I was a child, I wanted to play the trumpet. I wanted to play the high notes and scream it out, make the jazz a little jazzier, fingers tapping, flapping out, beat Nick solos and hep cat melodies like those hepsters in the movies, the old black and whites. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to play the trumpet. So when sixth grade band trials rolled around, I was ready. 
I wore a tight black turtleneck tucked in with a big black belt and sunglasses, walked right in, sat down in front, and waited. <laughs> Quietly, calmly, with all the coolness I could muster. A 10-year-old hepster as calm as a Cadillac with a top down. So when she finally came along and asked me what instrument I wanted to play, I didn't miss a beat. I peered up like a young James Dean from behind my black mini Marge shades and said it. I want to play the trumpet, man. <laughs> and without a thought, she looked me up and down, raised her hand to her chin, lowered her brow, and said, no, I think your lips are too big for the trumpet. Why don't you play the trombone? <laughs> a backhanded euphemism that really meant, sorry, son, we've got six kids that want to play the trumpet, and the PTA only gave us money for three. I was crushed. Not only did she reach her spiny fingers straight into the depths of my chest and rip out my childhood dreams of smoky nightclub stardom, but now I had to play the trombone. <laughs> A clumsy instrument. Only square kids played, uncool to the core. With one swipe of her sarcastic sixth grade teacher's tongue, she sentenced me to eight months of schoolboy hell. It was big and bulky, not like a trumpet. It was cumbersome and loud. It lacked all the subtlety and style I desired from music. I was devastated. I was mortified at the thought of waking up and having to carry that heavy black case to and from school each day. I spent all year writing slide positions above the notes in my textbook so I could cheat my way through band practice. I hated everything about that instrument, the cheap, dented piece of brass. It stood for everything the trumpet stood against. It stood for everything the trumpet stood against. The, trump, the trombone was um bump loom bump wrong, and the trumpet was dweet up doop dop right, and I fought and I fought and I fought against the trombone for the dizzying love of a trumpet hepcat daydream, and look at me now, a guitar playing poet who can't read sheet music. Judges, what'd you think? Don't let it kick your butt, Charlie. Give him time. Let him know what the consequences are. We have a 8.7. A 9.5. Is that a 5 or a 6? 9.6. 9.1 and a 9.7. For a grand total of 28.1. One. Right, 28.2. Come on, give me a hand for that 28.2. That's a good score. What are you doing? What's about you? Our next contestant. It's one you've seen here before, Denise. Come back up a second time. Give her a big hand. This takes a lot, guys, to go up twice. This is called A Slave Woman's Song. So long underground. She'd been so long, riding her own two feet, like a train from southern dirt soiled with slave blood to the Ohio. She waded into her womb a slave, then got birthed on the north side of freedom as a woman and a mother. When she took that first breath of Cincinnati air, she felt the shackles shake, split, then fall from her lungs like the skin off a shedden snake. And she looked at her girl baby and said, I'd rather die than be a slave again. 
So well before she smelled the stench of bondage, watched it wind to her nose like wisps of smoke on wind. She picked up her girl baby like she went to the Ohio, a woman and a mother with her soul set on freedom. The first cut was the most deliberate, the deepest. She put the tool to her child's neck with the same surety as she had when she led her breast to her mouth that first time. You see, it was an easy task, picking up the steel to steal her daughter from slavery. Denise Miller. Judges, what to think? That's their job, just put up with it. Okay, we got a 7.0 from Charlie the Death Angel. Got an 8.2, got a 9.8, got a 9.3, and a 9. Charlie, what was up with that? What was your score? I don't know. For Graham's total of 26.5, give him a hand. For our next contestant, we have Ms. Saylor. Dawn Saylor, give her a big hand, folks. My grandmother used to jitterbug in the 40s, started brawls with women over my grandfather, worked in a pickle factory, and rolled her own cigarettes. She tells me about trips to find the perfect steak, back of a 1942 Harley, the Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, Graceland, across the US and back again. And one day up in the UP, my grandfather turned around, decided not to drive any farther, put the car in reverse and headed home. No explanation, end of vacation, no more adventures, said goodbye to road trips and gave into the propaganda of the 50s nuclear family. And I realized that I have no idea what they did past tales of a 20-something couple through the depression and into the promise of an improved lifestyle with a brand new car and a yard, a tree, and a dog. But the dog was a black cat named Salem, and the shiny Grand Prix my grandfather brought home when I was eight outlived him. The tree I spent my childhood climbing died. I showed up one day, and it was gone. Like their lives that disappeared somewhere between Charlevoix and the Canadian border. That day with my uncles and my mother folded into the neat little box that held the precious moments forever frozen in black and white photo albums labeled like specimens. Yellowstone, 1949, my grandmother, a striking but primly dressed woman, clutching her handbag, protecting it from the bears, I suppose. But I remember her a tiny stick of a woman, smoking Salem 100s and drinking Tab. My grandfather yelling from the overstuffed brown corduroy easy chair, is that kid here again? I learned an appreciation for Kurt Gibson and had my first taste of beer behind my mother's back. I was five and thought it was terrible, but it was our secret. And since he died, I feel so 
disconnected when I look around on Thanksgiving. And my family is 600 miles away and I can't even seem to find leftovers, so it's PBJ and popcorn instead of my family, Irish to the end. Men gathered drunkenly around the bar, women sitting chatting, drinking coffee in the dining room. And I miss the smell of Lucky Strikes, Budweiser, and Old Spice because there was a bond with the only man who took the time. And I realized that it doesn't matter that I don't know what happened after that day in the North Woods. He rode a Harley, taught me to wink, and when he looked at me, he must have seen a little bit of a 20-something couple dancing drunk in a hometown bar, living life, knowing one day that I'd give in too. And I wonder if it made him sad, silently cheering for the odd grandchild out, not to find a boy, settle down, buy a house, and stock in GM, praying that I won't turn around, that I always wake up in Graceland. Judges, what did you think? We have an 8.9, a 9.1, a 9.8, a 9.9, and a 10. For a grand total of 28.8. That's a good score, folks. Our next contestant, Miss Erin Fleck. Give her a big hand, folks. When I make love to you, I have to turn the lights out. And I'm praying to the moon and to God and the saints and the devil to free my mind from the darkness. And how can I convey to you that I want you to peel me like an orange, unwrap me into vulnerability? I long to let you lick me into forgiveness and acceptance of my own body. Because I can't come to the terms with hating that kind of hate that makes me fall silent as your body rocks me into another room my mind can't forget and I suffocate beneath you. And I am the one who made you turn out the light so you can't see the silent, fresh, tearing screams etched by my teeth marks that bite down into my hand. I long to let myself come with inside of you. And I try to chant to myself that I, I am precious and valuable. I am precious and valuable. You are inside me creating love. Tender strokes sweep across my cheek. But I can't stop that devil jackal voice screaming, you are a fucking whore! Did you hear me? And I need to hear from you. I need your permission to get off, to come. I try to feel out the strength that you say that I have. But I can't breathe in this darkness. My tears slide silently, adding up my fears and insecurities in a hot, warm pool in the folds of my pillow. I am drowning. And you remind me to breathe. But you can't see his hands wrapped around my mouth, telling me to quit. Quit your fucking crying, you stupid whore. 
And I look through your moonlit shadow, remembering to release the inhale. Close my eyes as my breath sizzles out my black tire mouth, deflating in the shadow of the sun, my skin blue blistering cold quivers. All I can think about is, how did I escape? Why did I escape alive? But my mind, but my mind did not escape. God, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I just have one question, one wish. Please, just let me forgive myself. Just let me forget. All I want is a love story, a love poem. And for a moment, I am in bed with you again. Your sherbet sunshine body melts into me, asking, did you come? And I open my eyes. Hot tears flood your shadow, and I wish I could have left the lights on so you could have watched me struggle to recreate my love poem for you. Aaron Fleck. <laughs> Judges, what'd you think? <laughs> we have a 9.0, a 9.8, a 9.8, a 10. And a 10 for a time of 3 minutes and 11 seconds. Only a half point this time, Aaron. Oh, yeah. Grand's total of 29.1. That's a good score, folks. Give her a big hand. Come on. What are you guys, dead? Our next contestant, Beth Bomer. Come on. Give her a big hand. Outside Memphis, tarnished suspension rails lean like rusty roller coaster tracks. Reminds me of the silver, rivet-studded Tycho Bridge and Castle set each time we cross the Mississippi, in and out of Arkansas like a jack-in-the-box. He points to the pyramid on the Memphis skyline and says, I don't like crossing these bridges. Shingled sharecropper shacks on Highway 64, blankets tacked over doorways, their rigid tin roofs patched with black tile, thin wood and plastic thatched carpet, knee-deep in peanut fields and unplucked cotton, broken semi-trucks, busted glass cloaked in dust, the ex-gas station, school bus graveyard, combine junkyard, scrap metal farm tools left to rot, buildings nailed shut or padlocked, Aluminum-rimmed hollow homes stand on crooked white legs. Bony window panes and hand-painted weather-faded signs run through by the coal train. People live in this landfill, moving through these streets in slow motion. No rush to get there. They've been nowhere before. 
Across the road, he sees Aunt Sill's house, her typical peeled pickets, fat, scabby ankles and eyes, the shade of faded denim, worn to the skin and frayed, streaked with bare white threads, said she'd stay in that house till God himself crunched it down on her head. Uncle Russell still works the fields, his hands like amber hinges bent and bleeding rust in the wheat-colored creases. This town is built on low ground. These lives, this country caving down around the antique trash heaps that have somehow survived. And we'll build over these people in 20 years. You and I will pretend they never existed with their dirt floors and their clay roads and every other building, a church, a vinyl banner declaring, Christ lives here, no harm here. Christ lives here, no harm, nothing broken here. But I hear no choir. I see no saints. Beth Bomer, give her a hand. Judges, what did you think? We have a 9.2, a 9.3, a 9.6, a 10, and a 10. 28.9 for the grand total. Beth Bulmer. Next, we have Mr. Chris Trudell. Give him a big hand. Come on, folks. Let's go. You see, after the darkness comes, I've got to pour dope over the wounds I won while fighting the daylight for my dreams. And I forget that I'm messing with an unsettled century and an unbearable immensity of a million minds gone mad. You see, you always escalate to moonshine heights to get a better view of you. But my focus is frozen and my identity is broken on my bent weather mysticism as the brain fades to gray. So I just consume more chemicals to fashion new horizons, but new horizons grow dim as the spirit wears thin. So how do I escape the haze of a broken daybreak and smear off the glaze of a twisted mindscape? I have to open that eye that hides behind the daybreak that screams for its own sake, that swims in my thoughts wake. And it's in a pen and paper and a bucket of ink in transcendent meditation as my mind forgets to think. And from the notebooks of convention comes the spirit of ascension as sight mixes fuel in the spirit of my soul. And riding that rush of temptation and lust for those moments I am unable to see. And I can see the mud-soaked heart beating and breathing to the rhythm of our harmony and beating and breathing to the rhythm of our society and beating and breathing to the schism of our pride. You see, there's no coming down from that mankind high, and that's the end of it. You were sent to blend with it and fend for food and profusion, dispelling conflict and illusion, reducing abuse with new solutions, and for that moment, I can see it. So I dip into that word well and I pull out fire and desire and that blaze burns for days. And I look at the inner eye of the mind and it looks backward and blinks blind and is reopened again to see. And standing in that eye of the storm known as truth like a bottle of thunder at 200 proof, I scramble for words because there are no excuses when printing the pictures that perfection produces. And for those moments, I am motion when time's standing still. And I am the cure when your conscience is ill. And I am the sandman when the whole world is sleepless. And I am that light where the darkness is the deepest. Yeah. 
is this? Jesus. Genetic freak. <laughs> Don't fuck with me, man. No, he can't. Judges, come on, what do you think? Elizabeth, what are you doing? This is your opinion here. Oh, jeez, Louise. We are not amused. What are you doing? What is that? No, I want your opinion. Don't give me this caucus stuff. All right, all right. <laughs> okay, we have an 8.9, an 8.9, a 9.5, a 9.7, and a 10. For a grand total of 28.1. Our next contestant. Be Mr. Todd Bannon. Todd, give him a big hand. Sometimes I get drunk <laughs> and speak my real mind and flirt with all the girls. And people say, he's just drunk, ignore him. He's just drunk, don't listen to him. He's just drunk. I understand alcoholism. Addiction seems a reasonable response to sleepwalking. <laughs> this face passes everything through filters, ignores the difficult, is looking for derivatives to every equation. This face is mediocrity, normalcy, vanilla pudding, sponge cake. These eyes are weary of watching ABC, CNN, NBC, CBS. This tongue is tired of tasting butternut bread. These fingers, rayon, vinyl, polyester. You know, I had to take this job so I could afford to write. And I had to buy this car so I could keep this job. And I had to keep this job so I could pay for this car. I don't have time to write. We are living in echoes. Plato's caveman watching shadows of shadows, and we think that they are real, that this is light, that this is the sun. I can barely remember using my legs to walk. I've been chained to the walls of this cave for so long, I don't even notice the shackles anymore, and these shadows of shadows seem real to me. I can barely remember the sun. I can barely remember real people, people with Skin that bleeds and eyes that tear and voices that shout and fists that strike the sky. I can barely remember, but that is enough. That's enough to tear me away from these shadows, to break these chains, to bring me up from within this dark cave. I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to be me again. I'm ready to be that child-touching reality. If you'll take me, I'll come kicking and screaming and hating the light for its truth, but I'll be alive. I'll be breathing real air. I'll be seeing real sun. I'll be touching substance. And I'll be human again. And don't get me wrong, I never had a problem with chicken nuggets. I'd have one here and there with friends once in a while. It wasn't a big problem until Monday. Monday, I read the Sunday paper Monday morning before I went to school, and then it all went to shit. 
And all I could think of while chewing on my so-called chicken, the bold print scrolling through my head. Sure, the article was small in the paper, but the words scabby and pussy stood out in my high school of randomness head. <sighs> Not to be mistaken with the words sexy and pussy also scrolling through my head. Come on, fellas, this is high school. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <gasps> what horse? What horrors the words sexy, scabby, pussy, pussy spontaneously scrolling and bold print through my head. And so tonight's fight begins. Take another bite versus settle with a free peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But everybody knows that if I eat peanut butter, I swell up like the autistic, obese computer geek that works on the hall 24 fucking 7. And I can only handle so much scabs and pus for one day. But I did it. I had no choice. I had to eat something. And then. On the way to the hospital, I saw visions of midget demons <laughs> slipping holes through fiber optic tendons. It's Dennis Hopper with no pants, playing a guitar, screaming obscene lines from Blue Velvet while strumming a six-string fuck machine. It's Tammy Faye Baker doing a strip tease to Metallica while the teenage vixens pump their thighs, thrusting their pelvises into black and white television sets. Father knows best. I love Lucy. I love Lucy. I love Lucy. And I do love Lucy. And then to top it off, Jim Baker does an encore presentation of a Bette Midler Pamela Anderson number. And it's Kurt Cobain getting jiggy with it. And it's Tim the Two-Man Taylor getting emasculated on public television while having expensive telephone sex with that child-molesting serial-killing clown that chops kids up and puts them in his trunk and then goes to jail for 20 years, does paintings of obscure naked people. And you know what the sick thing is? People bought him. And here she comes. It's Martha Stewart in a 1975 Ford pickup with her dragging a butchered mutated cow carcass with a gallon of beer in her right hand and a string of beef jerky in the other saying, hey, jackass, dinner's served. And as I tried, and I tried to search for some meaning in these sick, disgusting, twisted, yet undeniably entertaining, I must say, visions. All I could think of was Julia Roberts. Why Julia Roberts? I don't know. Aaron Brockovich, my ass. I can't stand the bitch. <laughs> I'm getting nauseous. <laughs> Damn you, Tyson Chicken. You be careful, because this is what poultry products will do to you. Damn you! <laughs> but I guess that's what I get for reading the paper on a Monday morning. Judges, what'd you think? <laughs> What's up with that? It's cool. We have a 9.0, a 9.1, a 9.4, a 9.6, and a 10. <laughs> Any time penalty? Concur. For a grand total of 28.1. Give a hand. For our next contestant, Mr. James Dixon. Come on down. This piece is called Raw Reality. Sex is creation, devastation, masturbation, procreation. 
sweaty sheets that are saturated, sex is meeting a friend at the bar, then moving from the front seat to the back seat of the car, not seeing windows steaming, sex is wet dreaming, women screaming, who's the slave, who's the master, who was best and was faster. One sex is called a stud, the other is a hoe. Switch to sex, who will know? Sex is saying, ooh, you taste so sweet. Sex can last all day and all night with Marvin Gaye's greatest hits and his sidekick, Barry White. <laughs> sex is scary, sex is fun. Wait a minute, I'm not done. Sex is secret names and secret games. Sex is whips, creams, and chains. Sex is how many faces and how many places with different nationalities and races. Sex is anal, sex is oral. Sex is up to you and your moral. Sex is making fantasies, having wishes on the table, move the dishes on the floor, on the wall. It's 2 a.m. booty call. <laughs> sex is instant, sex is candles, holding on to brass bed handles. Sex is frantic, sex is stressed. Some get more, some get less. In the pool, in the stream, in the, in the park, in the stream. In sex is playing truth or dare in your mind, in your underwear. Sex is automatic, photographic. Sex is introspective, selective, and protective. Sex is Prince. Sex is Madonna. Sex is saying you need him or you want her. Sex is receiving affection and having protection. Sex is the oldest profession that is paid. Sex is dying. Sex is AIDS. Didn't know we had Dr. Seuss still lived, huh? Judges, you're not the same judge. Where is he? What are you doing? All right, all right, go pee. That's why we took a break. <laughs> we have a 7.9 from Charlie. What are you doing? A 9.3, an 8.8, a 9.0, and a 9.2. Come on! For a 27.0. Give a hand, folks. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And onto this, Conan, destined to bear the jeweled crown of Aquilonia upon a troubled brow. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure.